1: Over Kanya, oh I do not believe that. That is sensational.
2: Good afternoon, good day, and good night. Welcome back to Team all Our Lives, the only and best, naughtiest-based football podcast that has more ramble than Sol Campbell, as much pride as Brian McBride, and the flow of Inamoto. There we go. <laughs> that changes every week, guys, So, um, and it's getting worse and worse, to be honest, but you know, I'm going to stick with it for this series. Um, today, we dissect a classic cult sports film voted by Sports Bible, the greatest sports film of all time. It is loved by fans and loathed by critics. Today, we analyse the iconic Maltese football film, Goal, The Dream Begins, and to help us decipher how realistic this film is, we can think of no finer guests than our friends from last series. And in general, it's Alice and Josh from the Just Films and That podcast. Guys, how are we doing?
3: Hello, very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having us back on and both together this time as well. What yeah. a treat. What a treat for you all it is. Oh,
2: yes. Good stuff. Yes. So we need your, we kind of need your expert knowledge.
1: Are the film podcast busy? Also the film pod.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are the ones busy, were they?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> of course not.
2: You're, you're, you're the go to. <laughs> um, I was, saying, I was saying to Josh earlier, I particularly enjoyed the uh David Brentmath and the Road one you guys done with uh oh,
3: Josh Pugh. Well, like, like,
2: I, I do agree, it's a, it's a massively underrated film, in my opinion. I'm a massive oh, fan so of The funny. Office,
3: so funny. It was so much funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like, it always helps if you've got real low expectations going mm. into something, but yeah, it was brilliant, hilarious. Songs were brilliant. Ricky Your is a master, loved it uh,
2: absolutely. And speaking of low expectations. The film
3: <laughs> Goal. Yes,
2: exactly. Um, <laughs> Brings us on nicely. As, as, we, as we come on to. So in today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, what we're aiming to do is to try and figure out um, if Goal, the film itself, is a realistic interpretation of what it is to be scouted as a young player and uh, whether or not it lives up to the nostalgia that many of us naughties football fans have. Uh, Harry Hansford, documentary filmmaker, filmmaker, Portsmouth fan, teacher, and um, currently with a bit of a lost voice,
1: how are you? Yeah yeah, 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 I'm all right, man. Just uh, struggling with the throat a little bit. What's great for audio, but uh, we're... Uh, well, we'll I'm persevere. Rolling. We'll persevere.
2: Yeah. I was going? Uh, so first of all, guys, did we watch the film when it first came out? Have we seen it before in the noughties?
4: Oh, yes. Yes. Um,
3: yes. I, I hadn't seen it, hadn't heard of it. This was my, my first exposure to it. But yeah, sorry. Go on, Josh.
4: Alice, Alice texted me about three times going, is it this... <laughs> I don't know it, I don't know. It's, it's called Goal. There's like is, 8 million
3: films called so Goal. So many that
4: documentaries <laughs> that are like Goal for something or whatever. Yeah. And in the end you found it in the end. But yeah, no, I watched this one I didn't watch it at the cinema. Did definitely watch it when it came out on, on on DVD or video whatever it was. Um I think I've seen the second one as well, but I I've not I've not deigned to give some time over to the third one, Goal 3. The stock footage goal, or whatever it's called, by that point, Um yeah. So I, yeah, I did see it when it first when it first came out.
2: Good stuff. And Harry, I know we spoke yeah, a little I, bit about it before.
1: Yeah, I'm like I said before, I'm fairly sure I uh, managed to convince my parents to spend money at the cinema for this. Um, <laughs> uh, I think even then, I think I was a little bit disappointed, to be fair, but. um yeah, I mean, I do have a little bit of nostalgia for it, but we we'll get on. I suppose
2: we we'll get on to that. Yeah, so as we've mentioned, it is the kind of go-to classic naughties football film, and as, as we also mentioned as well, Sports Bible voted it the greatest ever sports film of all time, and we'll get on to that a little bit later on.
3: The
4: greatest ever sports film.
3: That's of all. Crazy. I know Like of any sport and from any country as well.
2: <laughs> Ex- exactly. I mean, that's I-
3: wild.
2: <laughs> it, it is ridiculous. Um, so yeah, for those of you that haven't seen it, and let's let's give you a bit of a summary. Um, I watched it over the weekend, and oh, I don't, do you ever? I suppose you guys might know watching loads of films and doing a film podcasts, but do you ever watch a film a second time round and go, "That was actually quite rubbish." I thought it was going to be
4: quite good. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah we've, we've had we've had we've, that happen a few times. Yeah, we've podcast.
4: both we've both picked films and gone. I'd rather pick this.
3: Yeah, we've had well, not not why I've picked this, not for yeah, me anyway. Like it's I like I like to have picked it because it's interesting to go back and see. Well, how do I feel about this film now that I'm you know 10, 20 years older, however long it may be? But I've had a couple where I've been disappointed, and then one where I've just been horrified and been like, oh my god! Like I thought Which this one was that? good. 40 Days and 40 Nights. Oh,
4: Christ. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I,
3: I was I thinking just, about
4: um, All Dogs Go to Heaven. I thought it was going to be that, that one. No,
3: that was yeah. just really underwhelming. But yeah. yeah, 40 Days and 40 Nights. I thought it was amazing when I yeah. was a teenager. I watched it again just, now, and I was like, this it, is disgusting, and I fucking hate it. It's a
4: film full <laughs> of sort of basically sex obsessed sexual assaulters.
3: In, a, in the worst way. Yeah. In the worst. Not
4: way. even in a funny way. No, Watch no, it, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to have
2: to now. He's sold it to me. Have you yeah, seen yeah. it before?
4: Have you seen it before? No, no. no. Oh, have you not? Well, I'll spoil how- it for you, but let's just say it's not aged well.
5: <laughs> no, certainly not.
2: <laughs> and uh, also, speaking of things that have not aged well, how did I know, Josh, you might have seen it before and again recently.
4: Has gold aged well? Uh, yeah. Yeah, some questionable frosted tips and jeans in
5: there. <laughs> um,
4: but I think I think in terms of how you know films are made, I think it's pretty fast, pretty kinetic in places. It's pretty well shot. I don't forget. I didn't look at it. It was like, God, this looks outdated. You know, it wasn't like watching a, I don't know, film from a hundred years ago or whatever. What did you think, Alice?
3: Um, so no, look like looks wise and stuff. I thought it looked fine. Like it could have been made a year ago. It could have been made fifteen years ago. Um. My first, first, do you want to know my first impressions, first, or or are we going to get onto that later? Yeah, you give me. Yeah, go for it. go for it. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) So, I actually quite liked the film. Again, I had really low expectations, which I think always helps. But two things for me that just made it a winner. So, I've got a real affection for the tune and for Northeast in general because in my line of work, I reported. On incidents in the northeast for about a year during the first sort of big wave of the of the pandemic, so I was speaking to Geordies all the time. Like you know, I really got to know about you know social issues and all that, and then also got to know the football team, not on a personal level obviously, but I was reporting on the sport every week as well. So you know, I was following Newcastle's journey in a way mm. that I just hadn't before. So that that instantly for me is just like oh, like I was interested. And the other thing as well is so Stephen Delane. Um, is Stannis Baratheon in Game of Thrones, who is my favourite character in Game of Thrones. So as soon as I realised it was him, because it took me a while, because I was looking at him and I was like, I recognise this fella, who is he? And I was like, oh my God, is that Stannis? So I looked him up on IMDb and I was like, oh my (laughs) God, it's Stannis Baratheon. So then I was in then. I was like, I'm sold. I'm going to love this and I'm going to watch it till the end and, and just sort of celebrate it. So I didn't think it was that bad. I had quite a good time watching it.
2: Interesting. And those are probably the exact same thoughts I had. In 2004, when this film came yeah. out, oh, but <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, rewatching it for me, it's kind to of, I think stylistically, the way it's filmed, and Terry, you've worked in the film, you might be able to know a bit more. than Me, but it felt like it was filmed like a rom com, like Love Actually, but was about a very specific sports team. If that makes sense, it was kind of very Hollywood. Yeah, yeah there's, there's
1: definitely some weird stylistic choices. Uh, that very much of a time though, like even in the, in the opening, like. That that uh, you get that little like ten minute fat scene of him playing in football in Mexico, and they film it with like and color grade it in like yellow, because of course if you set any film in a Spanish speaking country, it's got to, it's got to have a yellow tinge to it. Um, well, obviously that's just like been abandoned as soon as he's in the states. But yeah, like the, the next cut is like he's in a swimming pool. And you think oh he's he's made it big, and I think all that sort of stuff like is very much of the time, isn't it? Um, and um, you realize I looked up the director went on to direct like episodes of like CSI and things like this. And you know like, okay, this makes sense, <laughs> it is that sort of wheelhouse. Did Judge, he, did,
4: uh, he did Judge Dread as well, the Stallone one. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh no,
1: <laughs> yeah, I
4: mean, that's, no. A, that's a CV, isn't it? Judge yeah, Dread and then Goal. <laughs>
2: cool. i've got some uh some notes on the, some of the people involved as well so yeah the director danny cannon also was the executive producer for gerald butler's geostorm wow. um so what i can um, is his repertoire is of i know his, the that? repertoire of films What's isn't that? it's awful it's really awful
4: is that the one where there's some sort of like solar flare or something
2: yeah or it's, or it
4: doesn't I'm... even make any sense yeah, sounds like a precursor to a Moonfall, which also sounds incredible.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. It's exactly the same yeah. sort of thing. It's kind of like you watch the day after tomorrow? Oh yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a word. It's like that meets. I don't know. Twenty was it twenty twelve? The oh yeah, same. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, yeah. Same, same director. Yeah, that that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Harry, you touched on the kind of like stylistic kind of. I suppose. Uh, the way the film kind of moves with like cut shots, doing the swimming pool, and the juxtaposition between that and actually a poor immigrant and stuff. The two main writers on the films uh, one, of the guys, one of the guys is quite called cool, Dick Clement, another guy called uh, Ian Lafrenay beautiful name. Um, basically, they're two English writers, both have OBEs for services to Precious Film. They're basically the lead writers on Porridge, The Two Ronnie's, and The Tracy Almond Show. So, they wrote this. Two- And they wrote this, and they would have been in their mid-70s at the time. Okay, that explains a bit. (laughs) Yeah. So that kind of, yeah, the kind of cheap gags that it has kind of flowing through the film, that kind of, uh, that's probably where that comes from as well. And uh, one of the producers, Mike Jeffries as well, um, he basically owns a production company. He tried to buy Liverpool Football Club for uh, 200 mil um, in about 2007. Oh. so imagine like that oh uh, he's made such a good film about football and i'm gonna buy a club it's, it's a bit arrogant <laughs> <laughs> i
4: mean i i didn't think it was um i didn't think it was terrible it was better than i remembered it being i think that um it got tarnished a bit by the sequels because they just became straight to dvd sort of petrol petrol station bin dvds and, and you always see them alongside other films which there's a bizarre subgenre of films ticking in this country which is hooligan films oh yeah and it, i don't really it's i don't really get it i don't like who's buying them who's looking for hooligan related films i mean maybe people who are into it i don't know but um yeah i, I did not think it was that bad I, I i like just to echo what alice said before i thought it was all right
1: yeah i think it definitely probably aged better than those sort of green streets mm. and it you know it tells it tells that sort of like timeless rag to riches story. Um, but again, I think it's also a little bit of what holds it back as well, isn't it? Because it it doesn't quite add anything new to that really. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's I I wasn't like I was expecting it. To, I was expecting watching it again to so have hated it a lot more than I did. But I still just I don't know. I still just feel like there must be a better football film, but there isn't really, I don't think, but like well, there is Well, in to...
4: terms of do you mean in terms of like uh, featuring actual football or films about football?
1: Well, films about football are definitely better. I was
4: going to yeah. say yeah, but films that, but yeah. It, yeah.
1: It, it, telling this story of somebody that uh, you know, comes from nothing to mm. be something. That it must
4: been, uh, Dream Team, the sitcom or whatever it was from...
1: <laughs> oh God. Well, what they called <laughs> it? free re- checks. Re-
4: yeah Harchester United no that was re- that was uh, Dream Team wasn't it yeah and what am I thinking of footballers wives <laughs> yeah, oh,
5: so,
1: yeah I don't know I just want to I think that's because they have all the FIFA licensing and they have all that stuff I feel like the expectation at the time maybe it didn't hit maybe that's why it's not got for reviews that uh maybe it does deserve a little bit higher mm. maybe maybe my, my
2: thoughts are very much watching it as a passive middling uh, mm. film goer and then watching it years later as a just a football nerd it's difficult to take that mm. that wouldn't happen kind yeah, of what, thing off
1: yeah. what really aged it for me was uh things like maybe we should maybe we we'll going get into later but things like uh, that when he first sees the first team at Newcastle you know you start off you're like oh Alan Shearer and then it quickly becomes oh that's Jermaine Genus. and and you're like okay these people aren't as cool as he's acting like they are Stephen Although, Carr yeah, yeah. Oh, Liverpool were w- winning 2-0 and then the goal scorers are like Barros and uh, I can't remember the other one it they was uh,
2: the other goal we'll get onto that in a minute because it's quite funny the way it works out um <laughs> So I'll give you a bit of backstory. You kind of mentioned it there. So unlike every football film to come before it, and probably since, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Goal had the backing from FIFA. Uh, This meant they had permission to use all the image rights in the Premier League, had unlimited access to filming, and uh, amongst the world's best players as well, we've got cameos from Zidane, David Beckham, Raul, things in there as well um but yeah uh, also had adidas contribute 50 million towards it as well which is the largest corporation uh, donation to a film there's ever been since as well um so yeah it had a it, they had they had high hopes for getting adidas involved all the fever licensing why do you think they choose newcastle alice you kind of touched on it a bit earlier uh, why
3: choose i mean if you're gonna go to anywhere in this country that is the absolute opposite of la Let's say that it's <laughs> Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? Like they say in the film, he's never seen mud before. Like you've got this kind of beautiful, hot, sunny landscape of LA, and then you, he comes over to Newcastle, and it's absolutely tucking it down with rain, and he's covered in mud, and he can't play as well as he usually would because obviously he's never run on mud like this before. But my, whilst I was watching it, my thought behind it was, well, Newcastle because they're like the the worst best team. Or if, if you know what I mean, like, I feel like Arsenal, Liverpool, United, City, they're too busy. They're too busy to be doing this shit. They can't give you their stadium. They can't give you Alan Shearer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But Newcastle, a bit more, you know, might have a bit of spare time on their hands. It's like, yeah, let's get St. James's Park up on the big screen or whatever it might be. But that was my thought behind it. But saying that, obviously, Alan Shearer is, what, the... Biggest goal scorer of all time in the Premier League, or something. The like.
4: greatest, Alex. Yeah,
3: so maybe, so maybe there's something there as well. Like maybe uh, for foreign audiences, um, he's quite a draw. Like maybe Alan Shearer is very popular abroad. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, I did. What I did wonder that it's like, oh, interesting. They've gone with Newcastle, but I'm so glad they did.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a perfect team to choose. Really, <laughs> I suppose my thoughts on it is that I think because Newcastle at the time were you know top half of the Premier League every season, you know, fighting for Europe. Oh,
3: so they um, were doing well at the time. Yeah, they, they were okay.
2: not they weren't, they weren't, like, yeah, as you said, they weren't kind of, like, Arsenal,
3: I'm Man so, United level.
4: I'm so they used were, to them
3: being in the relegation zone now, like, after the past few oh, months or whatever. Not, not for much longer. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's,
2: that's exactly... What, that's what I was going to say, though. Do you think... I was thinking, when the films... When the producers, whatever chose Newcastle, I think, that's a safe bet. They're not, they're not going to get relegated anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, we we, very we, very we want this film to last. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Then it was it 2009. Newcastle got relegated. So yeah, for
4: the first for the first time, first time ever. So, see, I yeah. want to be cynical and say the reason that they picked Newcastle is probably something to do with like with with licensing and advertising and sponsorship.
5: Yeah, that's a good you point actually. I, yeah. um, sure, I feel
4: that. like if Nike had put money in, or I don't know, another big sports company at the time like Puma or whatever, Gola, Lacock Sportif, you know all the big ones, um, that <laughs> would have that, that would have been a different team, but. Maybe, like you say, maybe it is because they they were the the right team to choose because of the reasons you've said.
2: Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Um, so for those you got you the you guys listening even uh, who haven't seen the film, we'll give you a quick summary. Um, so it starts off uh, as Harry said earlier, in Mexico as an underprivileged Mexican American immigrant growing up in the poor section of Los Angeles. Uh, Santiago Munez is the character we follow. He's destined to follow his father's path in life—a boring, laboring menial job just to earn enough money to support his family but he's naturally gifted and his amazing talent on the soccer field was wasted in recreational league games while he would only dream of playing on the world stage of professional soccer sorry for calling it soccer it's just the way it's written down in my little bio apologies um, but when a british scout discovers his talent and gets him a tryout at one of england's premier soccer clubs newcastle united that may be cringe. Uh, Santiago must choose between his father's fate and his own destiny. Now, alone in the world of soccer, where or now alone in the UK, where soccer is religion and players are gods, this underdog must prove that he's got the talent and determination to make it amongst the world's best. There we go. So, that is the plot. There is a kind of subplot of like a, a bit of a love story as well with a nurse, uh, played by Anna Friel. Who's yeah. probably the most successful actor in the in the in the film, arguably, in my
4: opinion. Yeah, uh, I can't really think of another one. Stephen, Stephen Graham.
3: Um, Stephen Graham's doing oh, yeah, well. yeah,
4: Stephen Graham's oh, yeah. in it. David Beckham's it. doing quite well, I
5: suppose. So you, Beckham, could, yeah. oh, you could God. argue.
4: You could argue he's he's doing all right for himself. That was
3: so awkward. His yeah. cameo, like the Alan Shearer cameo. I thought they at least put some effort into making that seem a bit more natural. Like obviously you come over to him on, on the machine and you know, he's like, Oh, are you done with that or whatever? And then sits there. But when he meets David Beckham, it's literally like he just walks onto the screen and go, hello, I'm David Beckham. And It's just a bit like <laughs> yeah. really shoehorned that in. It's like, David, have you got like five minutes to be in this film we're doing? It's like, all right, I guess I'm in London, Newcastle for a bit of time in March or whatever. And then that was it. And they just had to do it and get him in there and then gone.
2: Crazy. Crazy. what's weird in that scene, because they've got Zidane in that scene as well. Yep. Just, yeah. But this is filmed in 2004. Surely they would have been playing a match or something. Like, Zidane and, and raul isn't it? Yeah.
4: And he says, like, like, oh, they're over there
1: shooting an advert. Oh, right. That's what they say. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, that's the Adidas and FIFA thing, isn't it? Like, all right, we get... F- Real Madrid uh, had Adidas or Deal do, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? And like we will get them over there, and you can, you can, all three of you can see would rather be anywhere else. <laughs> but, but contractually, or they were offered a lot of money, or, uh, you know, it was something to do with like. And what would happen now if if this film was made today? We would have to have waited until the end of the credits to see that scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, yeah, and fair then, point. It, they would have handed him like a Real Madrid shirt at the time. And be like, "Do you want to join the initiative?" That, <laughs> that, that one, yeah. But um, luckily, we got to see it in the movie, I suppose. But yeah, I, I, I think you you can say what you want about um, uh, any of those being great footballers. I don't think any of them uh, were natural actors, were they? <laughs>
2: No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so yeah, Eduardo Cuno Becker plays the character, the main character, Santiago Munes, who uh, yep is the uh, kind of uh, American Mexican immigrant. Um, he's well known in Mexico, but other than that, I think the Gold films are always kind of massive claim to fame. Anna Friel we've mentioned as well, and um, the guy who plays Gavin Harris. So Gavin Harris is kind of the kind of typical cliche playboy footballer, he's got the cards, he's got the girls. Uh, he's played by Alessandro Nivola, who I recognised from Jurassic Park 3. Um, but I was just a bit surprised they chose an American to play a Cockney playboy.
4: The American, okay. Yeah, he's in Con Air as well. He? Yes. He's in, in, no, Face Off, sorry, no. I'm getting my Nicolas Cage films mixed up. Oh, he's, he's, in, he's, in, he's, he's his little brother in Face Off and he was he played uh, Christopher Maltesanti's dad in the Spano sequel that came out recently. Oh, right. He's the main character in that. Yeah, he's in... Um, I think he's alright. His accent was okay apart from the fact that he can't get... He couldn't get rid of Americanisms out of his accent. So at one point he says, I've got asthma. <laughs> and, so, and we're all four of us are from different parts of the UK and I think we'd all go, I have asthma.
5: <laughs>
4: Is there any part of the UK where they go, I have asthma? They go, no. what the are you talking about? It's <laughs> true.
2: Very true. I do. I think he's a good actor, but I just thought I thought it was a bit of a weird casting person. It was, I'm short, yeah.
4: yeah, maybe he's a bit of a name. I suppose he's relatively, you know, established, isn't he?
2: Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. Uh, going back to the start of the film, then, so the, we kind of established earlier that um, Santiago Munoz or Santi gets scouted playing in Los Angeles. But I find the whole premise of this. This is when my football brain kind of came into it
5: <laughs> uh, of,
2: of how he got scouted. Um, so Glenn Foy who used to work for Newcastle was a scout he just happens to be on holiday in Los Angeles and sees him playing in the park now we've heard stories of your Messi's or whatever kind of being looked at by people at Barcelona or whatever a retired scout on holiday in Los Angeles watches a a recreational game and has the audacity to ring up his former employers and go, "I've just seen a kid for the first time ever, nutmeg a guy, and score a really good goal. Let's At give him a half trial." Three
5: in the yeah, morning exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly my point. Um, yeah, I. I uh, again, I, I don't know if that. Yeah, if the, maybe it's me being a bit too cynical. <laughs> that was like
3: really. It's a very romanticised way of doing it, isn't it? It's like he isn't coming up in in an academy. It isn't that his dad is you know very passionate about football, and or he's got loads of brothers that they're all in they're all playing together, and it's a big family thing. It's like his one escape, isn't it? And so he just sees it as having fun. So then he's in the park, and then lo and behold, here's Glenn, and he's has the ability to make the call because he's got the connections. That's how people would like it to happen, isn't it? In this mm. romanticized version instead of oh no, he's been in an academy since he was 5 years old, hasn't had a normal childhood and will probably do never and never do anything except for football because that's all very intense, isn't it? And it's a bit, you know, it's a bit pushy from the parents and it's a bit pushy from the coaches. But in this way, it means Santiago has is he's got his own agency pretty much, hasn't he? Yeah.
2: Very
4: true, very true. Uh, I, think that, I think that version of the film ends with him just depressed and with a gambling addiction, Alice. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>. exactly. <laughs> this loses all his money and some sort of bad investment yeah. and then he goes, and I'm a celebrity.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, uh, I think you're forgetting, Ollie. not only is um, he a former Newcastle scout, don't they explain that like, he was let go and he's now also a mechanic? Yeah. Yeah, there's no way they've ever ever even in this romanticised world they're going to be like oh, do not you know that guy we sacked and now fix the car you <laughs> found, found a Mexican kid in LA it's just it's not happening but then that's why they chose Newcastle because maybe it's believable under Mike Ashley yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah anything can happen yeah but you're, you're alright
2: yeah what's a weird it's a weird career progression like player got injured scout mechanic, it's, uh, maybe maybe it's more popular back, back in there, so the older players, the older generation. The only thing that did confuse me a bit, so he sees a player in the park, he then invites a scout who inevitably doesn't turn up to the actual league match he has. But at this league match, it's like quite a big crowd, which the MLS famously doesn't get big crowds,
4: hmm. but they've
2: all turned up to watch this Sunday league guy I don't know. It, well, it's, yeah, uh,
4: I don't, it's not meant to be MLS, is it? Because one of them says to him, you'd be good enough to play for the Galaxy. Yeah. So it's obviously just it's probably just people's mates and family members, isn't it?
2: Well, that's what I mean. So if, if people don't turn up to the MLS, are they going to turn up to some random, you know, you know I don't know. Maybe if, they
4: they're make, if they're making a film called Goal, they might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's
5: true.
4: laughs> um, so basically after that, he
2: eventually gets a basically to stay with glenn in newcastle jumping ahead quickly um so he saves up all this money he's working different jobs he's a landscape gardener and um, he works in a restaurant as well so you actually mentioned it i was going to say this earlier on alice you mentioned um he's never seen mud before. I was like, well, he was literally a landscape gardener. I think he's seen mud <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah. But yeah, he hasn't, he,
2: he hasn't played on mud before. Is he? Uh, it's different the mud though, isn't it? It's different mud. <laughs> different, different side m- of
1: the road, mud.
4: different currency.
1: It <laughs> doesn't rain in LA. Never happens in Mexico.
2: Yeah. So he saves up all this money and then his, his dad finds the money he was hiding and buys a truck for his, for his business. And then his grandma ends up loaning him Uh, all her savings to fly out to uh, England. He could have done that money because he needed some shin pads at one point because he used used cardboard in one of those games. So I wonder where where that money was then. Um, But fair play to Grandma. So he flies to England and arrives in Newcastle. This is when he kind of gets the trial, um, the proper trial. And as you alluded to earlier on, the weather's terrible. It's typical what I imagine Los Angeles people think Britain's like all the time. There's mud everywhere. He's got the kind of, he's playing in the reserves. He's got hard all these hard men around him, beating the crap out of him. But what's weird is that it's that like some weird kind of Tudor hall.
5: I, don't <laughs> remember that. I thought
3: that was odd. I was like, is yeah. this where Newcastle train? Like, yeah. who is this?
4: <laughs> Hogwarts? Yeah.
3: Like...
4: <laughs>
2: and I get it rains a lot here, but that rain was something else. I'm pretty sure... Later on in the film, they're training like one of those
4: indoor things. Yeah, and I'm pretty certain a lot of the top clubs also have indoor training pitches yeah, exactly. as well. So it's yeah. just a
3: drama. Oh, I know. I know. Make it I'm sorry. It's gotta be like, oh my is he's, he's they've really got to kind of depict this guy as being like, you know, a fish out of water and just being in a in a land completely alien to him. And what better way to do that than just being outdoors on a grey afternoon getting absolutely pelted by the rain?
4: With it's a Geordie TV. bloke. A Geordie bloke telling him not to eat the black pudding. Black pudding is a <laughs> superfood, right? If you don't want to eat anything on there, it's the bacon and the sausage. Eat the Absolutely. black pudding. Eat, eat the black pudding. pudding. You, you have a that. boss game, but don't yeah. eat the sausage <laughs>
5: <laughs> the bacon. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, find,
2: I, I again, I'm taking a piss out of it a bit, but I found that a bit weird. They're being chewed up, just yeah, as you said, yeah. sort of Hogwarts-esque building where they're getting changed for the
4: Americans though, isn't it? It's what they yeah, think. It's, it's what they think Britain's like. The whole building's surrounded by chimney sweeps and people with monocles yeah. and yeah, I think
2: it's called sandwiches. Yeah. I think it was made with an American audience in mind. And that's maybe
4: why.
3: Oh, definitely. Kind of they tanks. keep calling it soccer. Even the British oh. actors call it soccer. They're like, Ugh.
4: But it's <laughs> definitely for the American audience because it's written. I think there's issues with the script, aren't there? Where it's like they, they say things that people would never say. Like at one point, they have a press conference with the manager, of the fake manager of this Newcastle, don't they? And he says something. I can't remember exactly what it is. But he says he basically what he's trying to say is our aim is to finish in the top four, which is what a normal manager in this country would say. I think regardless of what language they spoke and what he says is something like we want to finish one four. <laughs> and then and then they said and then one of the journalists says you need na- maximum points from your next games.
5: Yeah. Exactly.
4: <laughs> but what a journalist in this country will go is you need six points from the next two games. Do you think you'll get that? Not. Do you need you need maximum points? That's American maximum mm. points. It's like absolutely. It's and like
3: because is it is it Gavin that the the, the yeah. bad guy that they yeah. sign? Yeah. So then with him when when they sign him in their interview and or they they're at the press conference with him and stuff, and he just comes out and he's like. I'm not here for the money. I'm not here for the fame. I'm just here to play football. And it was just just really unnatural, you know, (laughs) just like really um, just so, so cheesy. And so just or what do the softest people in our audience want to hear? And it's that kind of dialogue, I think, just really simple, really on the nose and not really very realistic or true to life, I don't think.
2: Absolutely, I think nail in the head there.
4: Absolutely, no, no swearing either. I mean, oh, if, yeah. you, if you've ever been with a few meters of a football training pitch, anyone playing football, it's like a Tarantino film. Oh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's like so yeah,
3: horrendous. My, the referee,
4: pass the flipping ball. <laughs> You're on, not boys. very good at this sport, hey, are you? <laughs> just have a bit of thinking between you, lads.
2: <laughs> the referee's oh, ass. Angry. <laughs> yeah, that's that, yeah, stuff like that. I think that the uh, Newcastle fake manager is definitely um, modelled around Arsene Wenger. I got yeah, a yeah, bit of, bit of yeah. Arsene Wenger, a bit of Sven.
3: Yeah, yeah, Who's, definitely. Who makes an Sven. appearance?
2: It
4: oh, does. Yeah. See where? Yeah,
2: Sven is in the film, and he's um, he's in the nightclub, I think, and he's chatting up a leggy blonde. What's uh, which happened? is, of course, he is. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. No. He got into he's trouble, wrong. like probably not long after this film came out, for having multiple affairs.
5: it was real I didn't see him at all
2: Um, yes so Santiago's in Newcastle meets up with Glenn has this trial, his inhaler gets stamped on so yeah he has asthma um, that was a bit daft as well yeah, was like... that was a bit
3: daft just <laughs> like was... this guy this guy who hates him with no reason this and this yeah. character was so so two-dimensional as well I could have done I could have done with a bit more from this guy it's like why is he so angry why does he hate this guy like is he a raving racist like where does this anger come from mm-hmm. and he's just like I hate you and just stamps on his inhaler like a high school bully yeah I just didn't really buy it
1: he's just the uh other character on any Pokemon game, isn't he? He just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Opponent,
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Used to type in their name, couldn't you?
2: Like, yeah. yeah, butt cheeks wants to fight, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, so he managed to get another trial thanks to Gavin, who kind of explains to the manager that. He's not used to the weather and gets another so he's trial, had,
1: which is already like his third second chance, is not it? At this point,
2: yeah. So he's had like three or four <laughs> chances, which I'm, I'm, with the amount of people trying to get into football just in the UK alone, Um again, not sure how realistic that is. But we've established this film's probably not the most realistic. Uh, there is a good, there is a good quote I've pulled out here. So Glenn, his kind of mentor and uh, agent, I guess, explains that uh, football is religion in Newcastle, not like in London. There's a bunch of clubs. Liverpool has two teams. Manchester has two teams. Glasgow has two clubs. But in Newcastle, you've just got the two. Is that a bit disrespectful to kind of like the Northeast in general, with like no. Middlesbrough and Sunderland, or is no, it its this own is, entity? This no, is it's what not, they yeah. all think
3: that they all think that up there. I, I was. Um, I had a lot of correspondence with a doctor who w- worked in North Tyneside, I think, and he was a huge, huge Newcastle fan. Uh, so we used to, he used to, well, we used to take the piss out of each other, like when Liverpool started doing really badly at the beginning of the season and stuff. Um, but he he used to say exactly the same thing. Because when, because just before this, um, the Saudi Arabian Consortium is that Mm -hmm. what it is that took over it, right? Yeah, yeah, make sure we get it right. Can't say that it was Saudi Arabia because that's not accurate, right? Um, so just before they. Um, before they came and took over, obviously the club was in a bit of turmoil. Everything was going wrong. And he he sort of recited this monologue almost word for word. I wonder if he'd seen the film, but he very much felt like that as well. It's like if Newcastle get relegated, that is going to be such a huge blow for the region because then you're not seeing Premier League football up there. Like it's not easy to just travel down south all the time and everywhere is down south if you're in Newcastle. Mm. So to have them in the Premier League is a huge deal. And I would assume if you live in that area, even if you're from like Middlesbrough, or whatever, or if you've got like affection for the clubs in the lower league, you probably still got like a thing for Newcastle, right? Because it is just the biggest one that is up there. That's my impression of it, anyway, from what what I know about the
4: about the region. It's yeah, it's one club city, isn't it? But I think it's not disrespectful for Newcastle. I think what it what it isn't is an accurate representation of fandom in the country because it doesn't matter. There's loads of clubs in London, two in Liverpool, and two in Manchester. It, it's just it's just massive so like you wouldn't be able to you couldn't tell a liverpool fan in liverpool that, that newcastle and newcastle meant more to a geordie than liverpool did to a Scouser. it's not compatible it's just, football is the main recreational pastime of a lot of this country it's the biggest sport it's one of the biggest pastimes one of the biggest followings that's that's it it's regardless of if it's in london manchester liverpool the midlands whatever
0: this episode is supported by fx's clipped
2: Um, so you mentioned earlier on as well about Gavin when he signed as well. So Gavin is signed as a striker. Santiago is kind of like an attacking midfielder kind of thing as well. Another thing that I, <laughs> I pulled the Newcastle team sheet from this year to think of how realistic would signing two attacking players be. So at this time, they had Alan Shearer, of course, greatest Premier League goalscorer of all time, Patrick Clyvert, Sheridan Amiobi, Craig Bellamy, uh Lua Lua, Michael Chopra and Calvin Zola all up front in the first team. So to sign two more attacking players, um, especially one or on lim from a scout who used to work for the club, is now a mechanic, <laughs> is is yeah.
4: Stretching. Start
3: picking it apart, I know, I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> the most realistic thing in this film is that they sign a player like Gavin. Yeah. yeah and then whoever yeah, yeah, goes totally the, what the have you signed him for <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't i see you in jurassic park three yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, are you, you're you're in face off are you a footballer
2: <laughs> excellent stuff um so yes on the film he kind of forms a bond with gavin and um, they get pictured on a night out kind of falls out with Roz, who's played by anna Friel, the nurse they get back together but the underlying tone of this is trying to uh, get his father's approval, who kind of was never really for him progressing in the, in the football world, and he just wants his dad to come and see a game, which uh, we kind of get onto at the end of the film. Um, so his father does actually see him play when he comes on as a substitute against Fulham, which I'm pretty sure he calls Fullham. Fulham yep.
3: yeah. Fullham mm-hmm.
2: with the uh, um, with the lead singer of ACDC. Yeah, Brian Johnson uh, makes an appearance as well. Um, so I'm assuming that was must have been in a pub in LA. He, yeah.
4: So, I, um, I get the impression he was just there. I don't even like... Yeah. <laughs> I get the
2: impression come on. We're making a film called Goal about Newcastle United. Yeah.
5: Why are you that? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I can't believe... That. Yeah. Imagine that. There we go. Um, yeah, so to move things along. So his dad actually does see him play, but unbeknownst to Santi, um, he kind of loses contact with him and gets the phone call. His father's died of a, what we assume is a heart attack. I'm not sure if they clarify it. Yeah,
3: yeah they do say heart attack because he heart says attack. on the phone, doesn't he? It's like his dad's had a heart attack and one of the players is like, oh, is he okay? And the guy's like, no, he's dead. I'm like, ooh, sad. Uh,
4: yeah. is, is he okay? <laughs> well, he's had a heart attack. So uh, whatever the outcome what's the best case scenario here, yeah. mate?
3: <laughs> oh, he's fine. Just a little tickle. Don't yeah. worry about it.
4: Absolutely. So he makes his debut uh,
2: Fulham, his dad ends up watching it later on, dies um, but the crescendo of the film the lifting moment so to speak well, punch him my microphone um, <laughs> is when they play Liverpool so Liverpool's a big team, I think everyone knows that which is probably why they focused on them a few times I think um, it's two all in the game Santiago comes on and uh, basically scores the winner from a free kick uh, what is weird is that, again, I know you're going to hate me, Alice, for this, for pulling the apart of the film, but a certain midfielder who we've put in the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame, uh, Igor Biscan, who played only a handful of times Liverpool, scored in that fictional game. <laughs> and he's he scored, like, one goal for Liverpool. So for him to score, I thought, was quite unrealistic. But I know he's I'm picking giving it apart. In his
3: moment, aren't they? It's like, go on, you can't score in real life. Here's your chance. <laughs>
4: Yeah. It'd just
2: been Gerard. Would have been yeah. like just making it yeah. Gerard. It's just. just it Gerard. Uh, I can't remember if you see Gerard in the film or not, but yeah,
4: you would have thought. Yeah, be he, bit... he he has a bit of uh, one-two on with the bench.
2: Ah, uh, fair play, fair play. Uh, so the game's tool. all Santi comes on, scores the winner in a free kick, which is just a bit a bit ballsy when you've got Alan Shearer and stuff on the pitch. Always had to get subbed on for him. I'll take this one. I'll take this one, Alan. I know you've scored you scored 200 yeah, goals. Back, Alan, oh, I've got this.
3: Rank, <laughs> you should have
2: seen me in Los
1: Angeles on a Sunday.
2: They'd call me <laughs> the free
1: kick maestro. Yes. The guy that just hates him for no apparent reason gives him, for, he's meant to take a free kick. And he has like that moment where he's like, he gets his moment of growth. And he's like, no, this is for you, Santi. Like, Are you ready? And then right-footed Santiago for some reason hits this free kick with his left foot. <laughs> because and, ter- of Lauren- and, ter-
4: and turns into Lauren Robert. Because, because Lauren that's Bear, the goal, isn't
1: it? it? Yeah, it's Lauren Robert. And then that's the crescendo, isn't it? It's just like, where you go. But
2: yeah. Do spoiler it's alert for the second film, but I seem to remember it's even more ludicrous when he's playing for Real Madrid and he scores like... A volley from outside the area and an overhead kick in the same game, while coming on as a sub. But there we go. It's
4: a dream. That's like trying to get his um, achievements on FIFA. Yeah, make yeah, yeah. up, make a hundred passes.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So, I okay, we've kind of discussed whether or not how realistic this film is. But maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe that's just me being petulant. Are we likely to watch this film again, chaps?
4: Alice
3: I mean, no like probably not I don't <laughs> think it's it's it doesn't really have layers uh, so I don't think I would get much out of a second viewing it's very surface level like I think you could watch it once you could even watch it once and know nothing about football and still kind of you know get enough information from it and understand oh this is a big deal this guy is important this is why this matters that sort of thing um but I just think I don't think it, I really don't think it was made for us. It, it really does feel like it was made for foreign audiences who are interested in football, who maybe want to see a Premier League team, maybe want to see a bit of England. You know, we are we are the mecca of football globally. Um, so I I that's why I feel like it misses the mark a bit. But you say that it's number one in the sports bibles, films about sport. That really mm. puzzles me. So. And there's no criteria for this. Not just necessarily sports films about footballers. It's all sports films.
2: Apparently, I mean, that's what, that's,
1: I mean, that's just raging. A, ball. I heard of a little film called
4: Rocky? Yeah, yeah. Raging Rocky, ball, Rocky, 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 Rocky One, Rocky Field, Two, Field of Dreams, <laughs> I mean mean the
3: Replacements, scenes? Josh as well. The replacements, like, Happy right. Gilmore,
4: replacements. Uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> I'm just going through sports and then naming films. Yeah. It's, it's not even in the, in the top twenty.
3: It's very odd. It's a very odd decision. Did Adidas pay for these critics <laughs> to rate it or something? Probably, probably. I do wonder about that. I'm sure the
1: only person voted he's like I had a credit in this. <laughs> yes. yes. I, um,
4: I, I, you know, I wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again. It's, it's okay. It, it is what it is. It's cheesy. I think Kuno Becker is quite good in it. I think that. I quite enjoy some of the cameos even though they're a bit yeah. sort of, it's cynical. I quite like the interweaving of real and fake players in a way. I think yeah. it's got a it's got a good soundtrack. I do think something that goes <gasps> under soundtrack. said. Yeah. So
3: oh my god. Oasis, Don't they Kasabian. love Oasis. Constant oh yeah. Oasis, which which like which
4: will I'll come back to. And the and, and the other thing is is it, I do think it shoots football okay. Mm -hmm. in places with the bit that's not stock footage a lot of it is is you know it's it's all right it's really hard to shoot football yeah and i've seen it and i've seen it done worse than this but i think for me this film just absolutely stinks of nuts magazine (laughs) it smells like it smells like lads 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 like you know i mean (sighs) it smells smells like oasis and birds and that do you know what I mean it's like and I'm, and, I, and I'm just watching it going is that who it's for is it for is it for that it's not it's not for me yeah, but I then I can also see myself enjoying it when I was like 14 and I what you know I, I wasn't lads 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 I was a kid who liked football so but I don't know like you say I don't know who it's for because if it's for if it's for, if it's for an audience in this country then it's a bit toxic in places if it's for an audience outside of this country then it's not for us is it like Alice said, mm.
3: and Absolutely. i think if you love and know football as you do ollie then you are going to find the flaws in it and you can't and you can't not find them and that's you know it's not a bad thing it's not a good thing that is just how you observe the film because you know the sport you know what you're looking out for but for someone like me who's kind of a bit more passive of a fan and maybe other you know other more passive fans i mean it's fine like it does mm. the job, and also films aren't always meant to be realistic. You got to remember that. True. <laughs> and Just when, don't... and
4: when, when you Geo enjoy story. something, <laughs> when you enjoy something as well, and they put it in a film, it's really difficult if they don't portray things accurately. Because if you've ever watched a film that's been made where you live, so I've like we we both live in Liverpool, and I watched yesterday the Richard mm. Curtis film. Oh I've yeah. Been. And I really struggle with bits of it. Like, for example, they walk through the Wallasey Tunnel and mm-hmm. they go into a building on the, Albert, on, the, on the dock that is not a hotel and walk into it like it's a hotel. Mm-hmm. And things like that, make because I live right by there, make me go, well, that's not accurate mm. so it just mm. takes me out of the film and ruins my enjoyment and my escapism so if you like like I really like football I say oh this is more passive you guys obviously do a football podcast if you're really into it it just makes you go well that wouldn't happen that wouldn't happen mm. that's wrong that's wrong absolutely and you can't escape so but the problem with with football is that it comes with such a passion that if you make a film like this the assumption is you're making it for football fans but football fans will pick it apart
2: absolutely I think, I think you're quite right but it is very fondly remembered if you ever look at the imdb scores and the Rotten smith mm. scores as well the critics slate it but everyone loves it i think it is as you both said earlier on it just it's got that nostalgia you, you got the cameos from zidane alan shearer and it is a kind of rags the richest story is although it can be quite painful in places um but it, yeah and i think if it was on quite late on bbc2 or whatever i think you would probably just sit down and watch it if you were a passive football fan potentially or if you hadn't seen it before if you have seen it before just fancy didn't easy watch I think it kind of very much falls into that category um
3: some of the sequences where they were playing football and there was a few of them where he was like walking into stadiums and stuff and you'd have Oasis playing or you'd have these Kasabian songs playing and stuff I did quite like that there's something sort of quite high energy about that sort of thing I think and like Josh said some of the football was it was quite good you know from my point of view as someone who is quite a passive fan um but then to edit it that way with the music it it feels like you know one of the sort of highlights reels that they play at the end of match of the day or whatever or at the end of of a tournament you know like here's the best bits or whatever so those bits felt a bit like that and I did quite enjoy those and I feel like that like I could have done with more of that. Like I'd watch an hour of that. Like yeah. just awesome, brilliant goals, brilliant play, edited to some excellent Brit pop. Like I'll enjoy that. It's just some of the some of the acting, some of the script, just really let it down. I think.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. music is
3: good.
1: Mm. So basically, it's the most expensive um, club shop video ever. It just plays in <laughs> <laughs> club shop on loop.
2: <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so as we kind of spoke about before the second film he signs from Madrid. I'm not going to speak about that today maybe never um, but that had, that had the backing of FIFA <laughs> that had the backing of FIFA and uh, Adidas as well but then the third film uh, didn't have a cinema release went straight to DVD it wasn't even about um, Santiago de it was about two English guys doing something um, but, uh, but this is how low budget it was the whole production from the previous two films the whole production team the writers just Refused to do it. Had no interest in doing it, including the director. And um, what was I going to say? And Santiago Muniz, the actor, Kuno Becker, just makes a cameo appearance in that film. Mm. Um, so it did proper, proper go downhill. So with that in mind, if they were going to re-release Goal, what would you like to see as the plot line? Personally, I- I'd like to see Santiago Muniz as playing for like a non-league side after the gambling addiction and appearance on Arna Sleb. and then they they have like a really good FA Cup run they get to like the semis and then get beaten by Chelsea or someone what would you like to be if they were to reprise the franchise?
3: Him as a coach I guess like the next the next logical step and maybe I don't know, maybe sort of the drama and the stress that comes with that as well. Because, you know, managers just look fucking stretched, stressed out all the time, don't they? So maybe it's about him sort of trying to manage that. And you could go real dark with that as well. It's like, well, how does he manage the stress? Oh, he's hooked on cocaine and he's shagging these prostitutes.
4: Are <laughs> <it> <laughs> you describing Goodfellas?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> I think you're getting a uh, Scarface mixed up with it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: um i don't know so in it if they make so you're in your what you're asking is they make a goal for now they continue the, oh. the, the 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 sort of saga the goal of us if you will um what what would i yeah i mean it's a coach in it it is a coach i suppose it's a coach or maybe i guess you go you indiana jones it and go son yeah yeah i suppose
2: you only, could too. Do I tell you well, what
4: I'd like to see, actually? And I, I, this, I'm, you know, I might get called, you know, whatever, overly woke or whatever. He's had a kid. It's a girl. It's about her. There you go. That's what I'd like to see. Easy. I feel that's um, that's probably very realistic. More women's like
3: football brand. films. Yeah, that's I, what you know. To uh, yeah, Bend like,
4: it like it, Beckham, but oh it's this, but, but it's gold.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if it's going to be made, and no, the only way it's going to be made is for, for an American audience it's about him being the us man, men's national soccer team coach and playing up the fact that he's actually you know still an illegal like his history is as an illegal immigrant mm, but he's yeah. an algorithm. and of course that means they have to win the world cup doesn't it but
2: <laughs> i tell you what i reckon um, there's a brilliant brilliant documentary a film documentary called next goal wins Mm. about American Samoa. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah,
4: it. Ad- Taka Watiti's next film is an adaptation of that as a as a narrative. Oh, is it? Oh, fantastic.
2: Yeah. Um, is think- one of my favourite films. But it's about like, basically a coach coaching American Samoa. Um, and, uh, you know, they basically, I think they score their first ever goal and stuff like that. A really, really heartwarming story. But what they do is that they manage to get like a load of players who are kind of like American citizens, but quite Samoan heritage to kind of go in the team to make their team better. I like to think that if Santiago Munoz was a coach in the future for the US, he makes the team like mainly Mexican as like a massive FU to Trump.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that'd go down well.
2: Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, Well, that's kind of the end of the analysis of the film Goal. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, listening, boys and (laughs) girls. Uh, Thank you so much to Alice and Josh. For joining us from the Just Films and that podcast,
4: you very welcome. Um Very Thank much you.
2: enjoyed it as 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 ever. You're both on top form, um, and it's been, uh, it's been it's been it's been very good. But we can't let you go. <gasps>
4: <laughs> I'm without, so excited! She's been looking I'm, forward to this. It's, this
3: is the only reason I'm here.
2: <laughs> without the uh, without we, no, without no, the no, coveted no, no. legendary, I think the reason we get any listeners at all probably. Um, <laughs> come, on, come
3: on, give me give me the What's local badge. Go on in go your.
2: On. Panini. What's in your Panini? Um, So for new listeners, welcome. Um, Where have you been? Uh, This is uh, the end of the podcast where we pretty much get a vintage Panini packet. So in this series, they're from 2002, so they're 20 years old, 20 year old Panini stickers. Uh, We get our guests to open a pack and we, uh, on a Top Gear style leaderboard, rank them out of 10. Um, Again, we've got a Blackburn supporter and a Liverpool supporter, so we kind of give out bonus points if you manage to... uh, get legendary players uh people who got top goal scoring records or just players of interest do i also um, get
3: a few extra points if if it's arsenal stuff as well
2: well, Whoa, well depends well. who they are depends who I they know. Are. i'm
3: covering two oh, teams God. there hogging them a bit, i know <laughs>
2: i know so like i also support uh leeds uh yeah. newcastle yeah. uh yeah, yeah.
5: whoever <laughs> was good
4: in
2: 2002
5: yeah
2: yeah <laughs> exactly exactly so you, you guys ready
3: Okay, yep. go on. Who's first? So, Hang on. Who's going first? Are we
4: doing one for the both of us? This, this is one, one, one
2: for both of you. One yeah. for both right, of us? Okay, oh, okay yeah. go on. Because these are very hard to get hold of sealed.
5: <laughs> are they? <laughs> oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, shocking. Yeah.
2: And, and expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, here we go. So authentic seal of approval. There we go. Mm. I've done that um. rubbish. going to turn them upside down so I can't even see them. So It'll be a surprise to me. Um, but, yeah, the competition is pretty good at the moment. So me and Harry opened the packet and we were awful. So I think we were like 4.2 or something. So uh, oh, you're definitely gosh. going to beat us, I, I'd imagine, unless this is the worst pack of all time. Mm. Um, but here we go. Are you ready? Your first player is... I tell you what, it's not because he's have already bagged. Although he's not with the legendary Manchester United, he is with Aston Villa. And I saw him play Peter Schmeichel. Oh,
4: oh Schmeichel! Oh... So, yeah, he maybe... loses points because it's not with United.
5: Um,
4: make a couple. Yeah, I think
3: yeah. Like yeah, the I best think
4: Premier League goalkeeper. Fair. Yeah, best Premier yeah, League goalkeeper
3: Because Ollie, Ollie supports United, I think. that obviously, it would be more if it was. If yeah, it was
4: I'll put it this though. way: I
2: think our best player in our pack was David James. So he's beating mm. us. Right. Okay. There, there we go. Legend.
1: Shut up. England number one. Oh, I tell you what,
2: this is ironic that I would get this player next. Gary Neville
5: Oh,
2: hey, Gaznez Gaznez the
3: player. I think that deserves a few oh 100% points, definitely right?
2: especially yeah. in the noise he won everything in the noise um, and yeah funny how he picked Peter Schmeichel out and Gary Neville won next to each other that's pretty good oh, they were um, only speaking to each other weren't they well it's true famously they didn't in, that, in the tunnel <laughs> Play for Man City so, uh, your next player I remember this person but only because he had a weird name it's Charlton's Mark Fish.
4: Oh yeah, Fish. I think he played for Bolton as well. More South, I think he was South African, or I'm thinking of yeah, else, that's right. But... Yeah, yeah, I think he was to be fair. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He is South African. He's still around, as far as I know. Uh,
2: next, oh, it's not getting any better. It's Southampton's Matthew Oakley. There yeah.
5: we go. Next no one. idea,
4: I'm afraid. <laughs> idea. No idea. <laughs> not a clue. Not a clue. There we go. He and bought these from, Ollie? It's bullshit. I know, I
2: know. Next player is a legend. It's a legend of the 90s, really. Oh. He was playing for West Ham in the noughties. Nigel Winterburn.
4: Oh, oh. again, absolutely. not with a club that he's most known for, because he's no super absolutely. Isn't
2: he? Absolutely. And finally, you have the entire Charlton Athletic squad.
4: <laughs> Great. <laughs> All of them. Do with that what you will. (laughs) So So instead of the
3: badge, you get the whole squad instead of the badge.
2: I think so. I don't know. We've not had any badges uh, this So we we have two.
4: So we have two Mark Fishes. Yeah, got two Mark Fishes. So we've got two fish. So all we need is a couple of loaves
1: of bread and yeah, we've got a (laughs) a Bible story. (laughs) That's (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) funny though. So when how
3: how long has it been since Charlton were in the Premier League?
4: Just after late. <laughs> just, yeah, about, as, not it's... that, not that much, I think about 2005, wasn't it? When they were, so, yeah, I
2: think they lost Mark Fish and then they lost the other Mark Fish, and yeah, then, uh, yeah.
4: When the Mark fish is left, oh, <laughs> <when did that laughs> <I
2: know. laughs> they were fish fingers, yeah, there we go, <laughs> uh, there we go.
1: yeah,
4: they just couldn't like, handle the scales of the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were in in 2007, just two ah, uh, right, years after Mark Fish. Very good. Oh, Fair enough. They, so, they sank, uh, sank, who, sank to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh.
2: Oh, hook line sinker. There we go. Right.
4: Let's <laughs> um, <laughs> stop the oh. fish puns. The fans was, were filled up to the gills. They were sad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: tune Sorry. it in. Yeah, don't tune her in next week. Right. Oh, <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> hell. It's getting all getting real now. But
1: it's all getting lads, real. This
4: oh, is not stop, the place for time. <laughs> Just stop. It's totally
2: okay, right? Naughty. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's go through the players quickly. You've uh, got Peter Schmeichel, very good, does very well. Mm. Gary Neville, I think I've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> great player, great player, does very well. Nigel Winterburn does very well as well. The two dodgy ones, Matthew Oakley and Mark Fish. And that Charlton seed, were, Charlton seed, Charlton team, even um, were quite iconic in their own way, particularly if you're a fan of naughty's football. Uh, Harry, can you remember what the? I think who's top of our? Is it top ten who's still top of our top top ten? Oh, podcasts t- f- are still.
1: having the Neil at top. With oh, oh, no. what? Why? Who, right. who, yeah. <laughs> re- who did they get?
4: Who
1: did they get? To <laughs> they Harry, probably do got not?
4: fucking messy, but he's not <laughs> in the stickers. But yeah. it happened.
2: <laughs> I think. Because you've got some legends in there. Mm-hmm.
4: Gary Neville. Gary, Gary Neville. Neville. Nigel Dumb- Winterburn. Neville. Left back, right back. Schmeichel keeper. You know, all you need is two Mark Fishes in the middle and no one's getting through that defence. <laughs> they do have Gary Neville. And we've got we got double Mark Fish. Yeah,
3: I mean, what are the chances on that, really?
4: We've got a sushi restaurant in mm. there. That is true.
2: It's a tricky one. It's a
4: tricky one. I think you're on Whatever. about level pegging. Okay. You put us slightly above him and we'll come on and do goal too. <laughs> <laughs> Not even I want that.
3: <laughs> Josh, you're gonna make us lose points there.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think their best player might have been Andy Cole, actually. Andy oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. Andy, Andy Cole. Cole. And like Dennis Wise. I think that that's where like Dennis you know White, what? to be fair. Yeah. Mm,
2: it's a tricky one when they got 7.5. Yeah. I think this is probably about... Even. I know it's going to be really annoying to hear, but it's about even, because Gary Neville was the iconic captain. So many great moments in the noughties as well. Uh, Nigel Winterburn, as good as he was, was just a bit past his peak. And then Peter Schmeichel, probably the greatest goalkeeper of all time in the Premier League. I mean... And
4: he's better than Seaman. Oh. <laughs> now, we're about to, now we're about to uh, fish again. Oh, Seaman. <laughs> fish. It's just all
5: it, is.
2: <laughs> it does, it does. Um, <laughs> right. It's <laughs> it is what I'm gonna understand it. Harry, I think we're gonna to have to give them the same. I can't I can't decipher the both of them. Fine. Andy correlation as well,
4: 7.5. I think Fine. that's even. I'm gonna bring the I- mark fishes round to your house.
2: I'll be sleeping with the Mark fishes. <laughs> <laughs> no,
5: no. no. That's no, it. No. That's no. it. I came out that's wrong. It. I came out <laughs> wrong. <laughs>
2: and uh, yeah, definitely see some David Seaman then. What? Well, uh, yeah, right. What? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it's past my bedtime. Right. Fair enough. Okay, guys, I think we're going to have to give you 7.5. Oh,
5: I, right, think that's, that's I think five. that's five. good. That's fine.
2: So you're, you're you. to be fair, you're joint top. Thank uh, you. We'll that take sounds that. better. That sounds better, isn't it? Yeah. Just uh, the fishes, absolutely. So, uh, thanks again to Alex and Josh from the Just Films and That podcast. Um, tell welcome. us about what you do and where people can find you.
4: Go on, Josh. Uh, yeah, we're episodes out every Tuesday covering underrated, underseen, underappreciated films, some classics, some guests, all manner of films, basically. Uh, every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast, really. Uh, and then you can check us out on social media, just search for Just Films and That or Just Films and That Pod. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, other ones, Bebo. Any other ones, Alice? Oh, we are also have a TV slot, which Alice will tell you about now.
3: Yeah, we're also on the television. We're on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Liverpool, the Northeast, or Leeds, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. Or if you have Sky, you can find us on 195 across the UK.
4: Not that that's we've got every, it memorized.
3: Every night, <laughs> every Friday—not every night. Every Friday night from six PM, and sometimes Mondays as well.
2: Beautiful stuff, fantastic stuff. Um, so that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, until next time, look after yourselves. Send us some more fish puns uh, to do a with footballers. I'll be, I'll be putting it out on Twitter later on. There must be some obvious ones we're not getting.
5: Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> but yeah, until next time. sign <laughs> off.